his sports arena, and I guess it's Extreme Rewind. Still technically is, yes. Still technically Extreme Rewind. Um, obviously, normally it's your weekly look into the world of Extreme as we look at ECW Hardcore TV, but this week, to end off a crappy year, we thought we'd look at the resurrection of ECW and what's viewed as possibly the worst pay-per-view of all time. And I think until the network came about, it held the record for the worst buy rates ever. Did. Which is uh, amazing. Well done then. And of course, um, we're talking about none other than ECW December to December 2006. Uh, you've got yourself Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. How are we doing, Jay? Are you excited? Um, well, firstly, um, to continue on the crappy year theme, um, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Um, horrible news that came out of the wrestling world this week. Um, so our love, as everyone's, goes to, to Brody Lee's family. Um, and, and horrible time. Um, this show's bad. And, and not like <laughs> WrestleCrap bad. This isn't like... You know, Shockmaster falling through the stage, bad, or Jenna Maraska wrestling on TNA, bad. This is actually shit. It's it's it, it it's 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 brutally bad. It, it, it's 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 so bad that you kind of saw people in the crowd and thinking, "Wow, like someone got you tickets for this, and this is actually a really shit present." And, and I mean, the good news is it sounds like most of them got their refund because they started chanting for that really early. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only way to really get involved is to um, talk Start about, talking it. about it. Yeah, we had a lot of feedback, which just one words <laughs> of just shit abysmal um all, all these great things which i try and get up and have a read but uh, no, nothing positive surprisingly but um yeah it's december this member 2006 uh the 3rd of december this came about obviously there was an ecw december to this member a real one yeah. back on um second of its day <laughs> yeah december the 9th i think it was it i'll say 96 95 95 yeah, that sort of time. Which um, and quite to the difference in card and quite the difference in star power and just yeah, just a tad. And uh, I, I think going into this, it was famously known only the chamber match and um, Eminem versus the parties. No, that, I don't think that was announced. It was. Was it? It was. It was announced the week before. So they're the only two matches announced going into it. Well, at least you got surprised with some absolute classics. Uh, the intro started using completely WWE footage, saying this is the most extreme match that any of them have ever been in, basically completely shitting on every ECW show and stipulation that ever came before it. So I, I need to, to put a disclaimer here, and you know this because you know you've, you've bought me the DVDs. But um, I feel that I should point out, I love the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And I can't tell you why, 
but uh, there is something about the, 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 the context of the match. There is something about how it works. There is something about the Elimination Chamber that I love. Um, well, it filled a void. Well, you were always a massive War Games fan, so I think it kind of filled the void that you had when War Games disappeared for a period. I agree, yeah. And and you know, I I I loved the Hell in the Cells. Um, so there's a there's a little bit of that as well. So yeah, I mean, but yeah. So you know, when they uh, when they announced an Elimination Chamber ECW match with weapons, you can imagine. This is in you know 2006. Obviously not not now when they announced because I kind of know better now. Um, you can imagine how excited I was for this, and you know I am still huge CM Punk fan. Yeah. So CM Punk in ECW in an extreme elimination chamber match, and Sabu in an elimination chamber match. Yeah, I mean RVD. We've Historically, seen, we've seen him nearly kill stuff. Triple H. Yeah, so we yeah. know he can. Exactly. So you know, you there's, there's there's all the signings here of of just brilliance, to be honest. Um. So yeah, I just wanted to get out of the way, um, because I felt at some point should have some positivity, and and that's that's maybe my lot. No, I think there's <laughs> another bit. Um. No, I, yeah, I mean, it is. It's kind of, you know, it, it's, it's ECW. It's, it's WWE CW Extreme, isn't it? So, you know, the most extreme match they've ever had, as long as you don't look anything involving barbed wire or exploding death matches or any of the other body count stuff matches. They do. <laughs> One day we'll find that. One day. If the Eminem Hardy Boys match is a body count match. It could have saved this event. Could have saved Christmas. So unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, so basically, yeah. So we have this whole rundown about this most extreme match that any of them have been in, and all this. Which, I, again, like I said, I, I felt a bit of a, a a sort of a sly fed attack on ECW because there was a few bits where it was referenced to, oh, this is the worst thing he's ever experienced in his career ever, and they do it again later on, which I picked up on. Yeah. I... I don't know if um, if it is an ECW knock, but I my defense isn't any better. I think it's just tone deaf. I just don't think they, they thought about it or realized it. So I, I don't know if they were going out of their way to do a diss. I do think that they just it really was, they, they did. Could've... This was the most extreme match they've ever been in because... You know, who's going to have done things that are crazier than this? Yeah. Uh, so it happens. We didn't get announced teams. Uh, Joey Styles and Taz are our announced team this evening. Um, Taz Builder, time heavyweight champion. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand it's just a different point in Taz's career, so you can't really get too annoyed. But obviously, corporate Taz is a bit like, oh, he's wearing a suit, kind of. But that's just splitting hairs. It was a different part. He wasn't an announcer at this part. But from what we're used to watching every week, to sort of seeing Taz as the guy at the suit at the announce desk, it was kind of like, what the fuck? But I understand it's, it's a massively different part. So I can let that go. That's more just what we're used to watching coming out of the fuck the world title to sitting in a suit and tie. 
Uh, I mean, to be fair to Taz, he put over the FTW title as much as he is now <laughs> in the ECW we're watching. Um, so Eminem's music hits. They make their way to the ring. They're taking on the Hardys. Um, as matches go, it's not actually an awful match, this one. No, it's a, it's a good match. Two and spoilers for teams. when we recommend one match for you to see. Um, I mean... M&M were a really good team. Yeah, and obviously Mercury is an ECW original. He was there, wasn't he, with um, York and... Yeah, Future Shock or something like that, yeah. So he was sort of, he was, you know, sort of there from it. So it's good that he sort of got to be on this, I guess. But, um, I mean, I got... Again, personal thing. It's not a major thing on the match. I thought the commentators annoyed me. Kept telling us this is the only time we're ever going to get to see this in the world ever. Yeah. I was like, okay. So the story that they were telling was that um, uh, the Hardys had come back together for this and then were going to go their separate ways. Yeah. So, you know, whatever happened to Eminem, and I think Eminem had only just reformed to come back and fight the Hardys. Uh, but whatever happens to Eminem, uh, the Hardys um, were gone at the end of this, which, you know, fair enough. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a little bit one of that, wasn't it? Yeah, but I said the match itself, it was good. Again, it didn't feel like an ECW match, but as a match, it, was, no. it wasn't bad. It was... It, I mean, it felt a little ECW in the sense that it was, you know, big work, right? Um but no, it didn't. It didn't have, and it, it was, it, and and it's not. It's a WWE match. It's uh, you know, it's the Hardys versus Nitro and and, and Mercury. It's it's you know, out and out a um, a WWE, WWE match. Um, I I'd forgotten how amazingly annoying Melina and her scream was. Yeah, but I I kind of thought, uh, obviously sort of chalk and cheese but if it was done right it could have been Alfonso's whistle you know yeah there was an element where it could have been that sort of annoyance but yeah um, yeah yeah I mean I said the match the match is cool I mean I did I did look at this and thinking I know it's a different time and a very different roster and a very different crowd because it would have filtered in a lot of whatever's but Venues like this don't really, I don't think, worked for an ECW event. No, we, there was not much of an, an ECW atmosphere, was there? I was going to say, we, we had it on a personal experience where we went to, I don't think I can compare it, when we went to go progress all the time. On the smaller venues, it was very much just like we were all just rabid, crazy fucking fans doing chants and get involved with the show when you went to the bigger venues like Brixton we kind of felt like there was a lot of fans that came to watch the fans I mean it was, it was yeah it, was a weird it vibe. had that it had that night after Wrestlemania kind of feeling didn't it of of the crowd are there to be the crowd rather than the crowd are there to watch the show yeah and it kind of lost it a bit and obviously the more intimate venues in progress it never felt like that it felt like everyone was just Everyone got along. It was just cool, sort of, you know, you saw the people in the same seats, kind of jazz, and you knew what was going on. It was it was good. 
But um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, so I don't know if the original ECW could have ever really coped with like a twenty thousand. No, not, not not like a horrible way, but no, I don't know if it would have translated. Yeah, it would have. It would have felt like a really quiet audience. When the truth is, it, it wouldn't have been. It just been hard to have that many people with that amount of passion sort of come through. So looking back, you know, you obviously criticise the crowds and the smaller venues, but I, I think it actually really helped the um, the product, which is something I never really sort of viewed before. So it was, I thought it was good from that standpoint. But um, yeah, the Hardys won. So that was nice. They did. Um yeah, I mean, it was a good few spots. Um, I, it wasn't, you know, the the the, the greatest of, of matches. I'll I'll admit, you know, but it was it was a strong match. I thought it was it was good enough. Yeah, it wasn't a great match, but it was a refreshing match. I guess by the end of it, you, uh, kind of when it yeah. started, it kicked off. I thought, is it actually as bad as what people make out, or you know, because this match, well, the match or the show, the show, because you know, when you start off with this match, I thought this match isn't actually that bad. Are people just hating because, um, no, it was, it was literally we were, we were done with one match. Um, so we then got a promo from RVD, RVD, who's basically hyping up the chamber match later on, <sighs> and gets... the crowd went apeshit for it. It did, I mean, it didn't feel a very RVD promo. No. He was basically talking about the risks and knowing that he could end his career here and all this. And from everything that from the RVD character that was, he never really had that. Like, he's almost was the opposite where he's just like, but it'll be okay because I'm fucking Rob Van Dam. You know? I've got this. Yeah. But it wasn't with this. He was just like, I understand the risks are real. I could end my career tonight. But to get that title, I have to do it. And it was almost like risk versus reward. When before, it's just like, you know, you can expect that I'm going to steal the show because I'm Rob Van Dam. And everyone else be careful because when I'm jumping up, do you know what I mean? And almost like saying what he's going to do and just have that sort of cocky, arrogant, laid back approach where this was very, they tried to do very serious, like the, the dangers are real. I'm going to Elimination Chamber. And it was, I don't think, was there, was there a reference to him actually doing a match before? Before the, no, the match he was in? No, because obviously he'd done the chamber before. Uh, no, I don't think they referenced that. I just, um, I just thought they would have. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're, you're doing the whole kind of, you know, I'm taking this seriously. Then him kind of going, I know how brutal this match has been. I've been in it. I've I've tasted that steel. I felt I've felt my flesh hit it, kind of thing. But yeah, it was just a little bit kind of like. Rrr. Yeah, so I don't know. I just I just thought it would have made sense to use that as a reference point. Yeah, I mean, it was it, I, it was a decent promo. Um, it wasn't an RVD promo. No. And it wasn't even a WWE RVD promo because he wasn't just kind of going, whoa, dude. Yeah, it was It was just like, yeah, it felt, yeah, I wasn't. But again, it's going to be a recurring theme here. Next match, Matt Stryker versus Bulls Mahoney. Um, 
was it strikers rules match where you, you can't yes an extreme enforcement of the rules yeah did you note down any of his, his bits he can't do I know you can't swear and uh, yeah no eye gouging no hair pulling um, no profanity um, and kind of um... just know anything um, yeah. I think it's Bulls Mahoney um, if I'm honest I sort of don't massively mind Matt Stryker and I, I feel like in another world he could have like been a good heel in ECW because yeah, there, I mean, there was it... such an out of place sort of thing for him that even if it was just a short run it would have been all right. Like Carino came in as completely anti-hardcore, I'm old school. And this is what I was going to say. The problem I have with him is I've seen better people do it. Yeah. So we've seen Shane Douglas bring in Bill Alfonso because, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional athlete. Damn it. I'm not a a barbarian. So I'm going to bring in my referee who's going to enforce my rules. Yeah. We've seen, we we've seen before and we will get to see again, Steve Carino, you know, do this masterfully. Yeah, King of Olds. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we, we get to see people do this brilliantly. So whilst I thought it was good, um, he's, he's probably, and, you know, we've also seen to a degree, you know, Jerry Lawler come in and do that when he was doing it. Um, so whilst I thought it was good, he's probably the fourth or fifth best person I've seen in ECW do that gimmick. And that's only because we can't think of any more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, strong gimmick. But like you said, multiple characters have done it a lot better. This this had, um, this had match had the line of the night for me. Um, uh, Matt Stryker's outfit includes his face on, his, on the back of his trunks. Yeah. Um, and Taz was pondering this for Joey Styles to turn around and say... Never trust a man who wishes to sit on his own face. <laughs> it was just such a profound, incredible line that it it stayed with me. Um, so yeah, I, I feel that's that's probably my motto for twenty twenty one. Get um, I'm, I'm guessing obviously balls isn't in. The, the greatest shape of his career here. I think that's a fair assessment. But um, yeah, I mean, interestingly, he um he he's one of the guys that sticks around the longest in in yeah and WWE ECW, isn't he? And it, it's kind of weird because balls can go. Yeah, you know, obviously, and they reference it here. Like obviously, his matches with like RVD, and I know obviously he used chair shots. In matches, but he also like his matches RVD in that he he can go. He he was a solid actually wrestler as well. He wasn't just a a chair shot like yeah. people might sort of sort of like say. I mean, he could he could like get involved, but um, I felt like they fucked him with the music because I know they can't use um, sort of ACDC big balls and that, but they they could have done something that allowed people to chant so at least yeah he got kind of got got in the ring and he wanted to do the whole but we got the biggest balls of them all and he just couldn't and he was just sort of there like and i just felt like you just kind of like screwed him a bit with that it's so generic and again the 
the the the issue is that you know the crowd is too partisan. It's too big to do a convincing like balls, 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 balls. I mean, his his strength came from the same way with um, Hack Myers. Yeah. In the sense of you know, win or lose, the crowd just loved chanting for him for reasons that we couldn't quite understand. With Hack Myers, yep. everyone just loved you know, shah 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 shah. It was the same with Balls Mahoney. They just they just loved chanting for him, um, and he couldn't quite get that going in an arena this size with a crowd that's maybe not totally ECW. Well, with anything in it, like um, with any kind of WWE crowd, you have to be like, I mean, the last chant I can really remember echoing through is like probably yes. Yeah. And do you know I mean, you'd want, you'd have to have that level of people chanting balls to sort of almost sort of catch what it was in the smaller venue. And there was just no way it was ever going to happen. So you just sort of have a weird little um, sort of... Smattering of balls. Yeah, smattering of, yeah, little sections of people chanting balls. And it just kind of... It made it just seem nothingness. And it made him sort of come across as nothingness. And um, he did pick up the victory here, which I actually was surprised by. I, yeah. I thought everything was gearing for him to get the chair, sort of smack striker and get disqualified. I mean, I just, yeah. I just thought uh, it was just that, but it wasn't. Interestingly, I think, you know, this was one I expected the new guy to go over and didn't in the same sort of way as some of the other matches where I wasn't expecting the new yeah, guy to go over. I, in the same I sort just of way. felt like if you're looking for what we said about obviously past people doing this gimmick, if you're looking for heat and to build someone, the whole completely anti-hardcore um, we have completely anti-hardcore rules in my matches but somehow I still cheat and win against your heroes is that not the heat in this yeah I I, I, I thought so rather than the anti-hardcore I use completely anti-hardcore rules with such stupid rules like if you swear you can sort of be disqualified and all this, and you still beat me clean. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was just absolutely sort of bonkers that they would sort of um, go with it. Obviously, the lack of chair shots is understandable, so I'm not going to sort of pick holes in that. But, um, yeah, no, I just, I, like I said, this is probably the only match where I just, I really expected the new guy to go over because I thought it would just would have, fucking made sense because it would just piss people off and then he could have obviously moved on to Sandman or whoever else but um, yeah um, we see Sam Sabu uh, found on the floor taken out out the back I think this is the first spatter of the crowd chanting bullshit it is which was a slightly yeah. more solid chant than the Bulls chants in the previous match yeah, um, this 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 seemed to um, this seemed to resonate. This seemed to to galvanise the crowd into one singular voice, uh, as if everyone suddenly just called out, called out and declared that Sabu, who has literally glued himself together to continue with matches after being thrown in barbed wire 
after throwing himself in barbed wire, um, can be laid out in the back. Yeah, so he was taken out. Heyman is running around saying, is he all right? He's meant to be in my main event. I need to know. I need to know. Um, again, to, to show how much WWE gave a shit or continue to give a shit about this event is they left the fucking bullshit chance in. Yeah. When they, they go out the way in upper events to cut out Scott Steiner saying, give me the fucking mic and all this other stuff that, you know, just really kind of trivial bits, they actually went out their way to just leave this because they just clearly couldn't give a fuck and think no one's going to watch it anyway, so who cares? So that's just another little... Interesting little tidbit, isn't it? But it is, though, isn't it? It's just it's yeah. the small details you don't really sort of... You know, you go your way and edit out so much in other shows, but you've got someone chanting bullshit at your product and you just leave it in because they don't care. I mean, what you what you could say is that it's such a part of the history of this show that it almost needs to be in there for the show's completeness. However, that's not actually true. That's not actually what it is. It's just that's, you know, my making up a story as to why they've completed it, kept, kept it in there. It's back to, actually, you know, they, they just didn't care. It is. Uh, so Sabu's down. We then get Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai. Turkai. Um, I did forget how much I like Elijah Burke. I know, obviously, he gets a lot of hate people like punks and he's stiff and stuff like this. But um, I, I liked his music. I um, I didn't quite understand you why were... Sylvester Turkai didn't work. and You were down with the Elijah experience, were you? I, I think I was, in a way. I mean, it, it's hard because here... Again, I don't think the team really made sense. I don't think he really knew what his character was. He was just sort of, I'm here. and um, Yeah, I mean, it's a weird kind of I'm better than you style gimmick. Mm. Um, and it's just not quite there yet. But um, no, I'm with you. I, I, I think the upside of uh, Elijah Burke was, was pretty impressive. I think that there's a certain amount element where he... Um, got saddled with with Turkai, um, who by all accounts, you know, Heyman was going thought was going to be huge, um, you know, a, a megastar and didn't quite pan out that way. Um, well, on a positive and you note, can see, I mean it's a positive note, I've been looking at his action figures to make a couple of um pitbull customs. So that's the thing. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're yeah. out there. They're not too. Yeah, I could see that set. Yeah, they're not too expensive on eBay. So I've been eyeing up that on a, on a personal on a positive I've taken from this pay per view. But um, yeah, I could see why you'd expect him because you know um, I think he had a Bruiser Brody character sort of in Japan, and he was yeah, he was a, he was a little um, he was a little bit um, modern day Brock Lesnar. Yeah, or Doctor you know, Death sort of vibe. They, they, they could have. There was a way. They to... didn't quite know what to do with the old um, uh, um, uh, MMA gimmick, though, did they? No, which which is weird because they'd had like Shamrock, and I suppose they didn't really do anything with them either. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say the Lions. I was going to say Dan Seven, but they completely fucked him up as well. Um, 
Yeah, no, they didn't know what to do. But it goes back to the whole like that even now when like Nakamura um sort of debuted and they said he's a King of Strong style and someone on commentary was like, What does the King of Strong style mean? And I thought, what a stupid question to ask, because it's like almost back to when Sullivan was gonna have a shoot fight. Yeah. And it's just whole like full full stuff. You just don't why you know, why are you asking this question when nothing positive can come from the answer, you know? And the funny thing is, if you if you if you want to frame it so that you can inform and educate your your um your fans as to what the King of Strong Style means, I'm all for it. But it, again, it doesn't come across like that. And the answer doesn't help you with that. It's because it gets into a conversation you don't want to have. You know, what does that mean? It means he's, he's really stiff with, with when he's, you know, punching people. Exactly. There's a style that comes across what? really stiff. Oh, okay, what does stiff mean? Hold on a second. You mean he, he's like, like really tries to hurt people? Yeah. Um, don't the rest in this, this fighting genre that we... What? No, no. The rest are trying their best to protect people. And he's actually going out of his way to sort of try and hurt people, but not really. It's just so yeah, it's yeah, but um, yeah, so that's why we I think they've struggled with these MMA sort of characters because they don't know how to get it across, and also they they like the idea of proving that the, the WWE athletes are sort of harder than MMA characters, isn't it? They, they sort of have this whole yeah. where oh, yeah, no off season, I'm defeating the octagon, but it comes to come to us and they lose. You know? It's very... Um, it's because there's no off-season in the D- in the WWF. It's true. Um, Can they do it on a rainy night in Stoke? <laughs> um, so these guys are going to be FBI. A couple more familiar faces. Uh, massively felt pointless. Again, I mean, FBI's music was just completely tragic. It, it, it's almost like they put the FBI out there but never actually have watched an FBI match in their life. Yep. They were just almost told they were like a comedy gimmick, just sort of Italian. And as soon as, I mean, I know it was like sort of stereotypical sort of Italian, like ECW is more sort of like a mimicking because it's people that wasn't. And it kind of in the end became this legit great kind of workhorse team. And they just had, they didn't have anything with this. They just sort of put out there. They, just, they didn't come across as anything, and it felt just um, quite sad. So, so Trinity, yeah. Why? I guess you must have had some Italian heritage. Okay, but it's the only thing um, I can think of because there was no. But like I said, it was never in ECW. Yes, I mean I, I don't know whether we we get to to experience trinity ourselves at some point in in the original ecw i i, I don't remember for her no, from. she's from tna she was a uh, yeah okay that makes no sense yeah she was she was never in the original ecw she was from a uh, tna and she just left tna and gone to wwe so they just put it together because why would you? yeah but the thing is if this was the real like fbi it would have been like 
regal with them or something, you know? Something yeah. that so wasn't that it was. But, um, yeah. Speaking, speaking it, of TNA, we well, so actually had a TNA chant during this match, which I thought is fucking bad. Yeah, uh, for the muscle buster. Yeah, so there actually was people chanting um, TNA, which is just shows where this shows at. TNA that at the time would have probably had Christian Cage in or around the title picture, who is a future ECW, ECW WWE, ECW champion. <sighs> um, Elijah Burke picked up the win. Massively, with the Elijah Express, yeah, massively a nothing match. Again, it was just again, it's a small details like it wasn't even shot like ECW, you know, everything's so bright. And it, it, I mean, I guess I don't know anything with the show, but when you throw a name on there, you expect a certain thing, like the crowd's normally sort of darkened out and and all this. And it just looked um, very like, yeah, you know, yeah. it was just so polished it, and yeah, it, it's a very weird setup. Um, and I don't quite it, understand what they were doing on a lot of it. It felt like whoever was doing the show was um, they asked what ECW was like because they'd never seen ECW and they asked someone who'd also never seen ECW but heard about ECW and they're like, oh, ECW's just like blood and, and barbed wire and all this. And was like, well, no, Extreme's not just violence. Extreme was work rate. You know, Extreme was like you know a form of like strong style Do you know what I mean? extreme was just basically just pushing themselves yeah. to the limit that's extreme it's not just walking there and you know some people did but it wasn't just every match was carnage you know it, yeah. it was just basically just take it to the extreme like push everything as you can like you have like crazy fast pals make matches you have the most technical matches you can have so it was like that sort of that's that's the way i view ecw not just this, um, everyone's turning up with sort of trash cans and chairs and that's it. Everyone's setting each other on fire. That's, that's other promotions no. that came later on. And, and, and that, was, that was inspired by Extreme Championship Wrestling, but that was a piece of rather than all of it. Exactly. It was part of it. You know, like even things were like yeah. Balls Mahoney that went through flaming tables. It, it wasn't for no reason. There was a reason for it. It was building up to, we've put you through a million tables, but now we're going to take it further than we've ever done before to really put you. you know I mean, there was a build for it. It wasn't just like, oh, here's Pablo, blah, blah, blah's debut. We're going to put him for a flaming table and he's going to kick out. And yeah. everything was for a reason to like stuff like that. So I always find it like uh, weird, but um Yes, that happened. They won. They moved on. We go to Sabu getting stretched out, which again, you wouldn't really show. You know, it wouldn't be it's just thing, especially if you've got Punk and RVD there looking over and making sure he's all right. It's, it's, 
Yeah. And, and then they do something silly that they then have to try and book themselves out of. Yeah. So this is where Heyman goes and finds his replacement, isn't it? Or, that's that's, or late, that that's later, later on. That's later on. That's after the next match. Okay. Spoilers, people. <laughs> yeah, after the next match. Silly, it's silly, and they have to book out someone out. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's just a bit dumb, really. Um, I don't get why. Well, yeah, all all of the stuff that we've already said, it it just doesn't quite work. Um, Sabu's a really interesting choice to take out. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to put a heel in. They don't want to take out Punk because of his popularity. They don't want to take out OVD because of his popularity. So Sabu is the is the, the sacrificial lamb. Um, he is also still in the bad books after being caught with um, uh, RVD in the car with the uh, drugs. So it's kind of him who gets the the short end of the the deal on it, but um, yeah, it's just it's just a little bit sad, isn't it? I think so because, like I said, for for hardcore, the idea of seeing him in this match, I think, was a selling point. And I don't I yeah. don't remember watching the show at the time, but I remember there was an intrigue for me to see Sabu in the chamber because I think this was pay per view, and I sort of had no interest in it was I had no interest in paying for it. No, because the other thing was it was pay-per-view and it was just after Survivor Series and, and and all the rest of it. So it was one of those kind of like, well, you know. Just like that. It, it, it's a little bit on the top, isn't it? Which is another reason why it didn't um, uh, draw as well as it could have done. Um, but, it, yeah, the other issue is just because, you know, it was a, a one, a two-card show and then it didn't really do much afterwards massively so next up we have Divari with the great Harley versus Tommy Dreamer holy shit um in another like oh this this match out of all of them might have I mean my, my fear is I, I get it like I didn't Apart from maybe the first episode where I straight away knew it wasn't going to be something that interested me, um, I, I kind of I didn't really watch the rethink of ECW. You know, what I, I flicked over to watch a few punk bits, but um, I, I skipped it. It wasn't it wasn't something that I watched on the regular, you know, because I could see it was just like it wasn't. I, I'd try and I think I watched it occasionally. But it wasn't a go-to. Like I'd try and catch like Tommy Dreamer bits, punk bits, and a few other originals. I'd, I'd started not... watching it quite religiously, um, and had started to have that you know horrible sinking feeling you get as you watch these things, as as it becomes everything you feared it would be. Yeah, um, I remember like um, even Punk's debut. I remember him making just incredible like tap. Yep. And I thought I, I love punk, but I just thought he was the wrong person to do that too. I, I got it. I mean, uh, just incredible in the WWE world was, was no one. Um, yeah. No, and, yeah. But 
it, it kind of gives you that that kind of slight bump to your your ECW faithful because he's beaten someone that they they know and they kind of care about. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it made sense from that point. But yeah, it's one of those kind of like, well, mm, all right. Um, Yeah, it's just a very um, messy uh, situation. Yeah, big time. So uh, this match happens. I don't actually remember a lot from the match. So it wasn't an awful match. Carly gets sent to the back. Yeah. It was a fairly decent, WWE style Tommy Dreamer match. Um, you know, there wasn't wasn't anything overly crazy. Um, he he did kind of the the running drop kick into the corner and you know the ECW stuff and um, you know he, he hit a couple of his moves and uh, you know as the innovator of violence of which he is he hit like the dusty elbows and the Luis Piccoli Dreamer driver and various other moves that he's collected from other people along the way, being the innovator of violence that he is. Um, uh, and then we kind of got to the end. Yeah. Which was Tommy Dreamer in the ascendancy. He's beating up everything he's working through. Um, and then he gets rolled up and and Davari grabs a handful of tights and gets the three count. And even Taz and Joey Styles are sitting there going, is that it? Is there not more to, you know, it was just a handful of tights. I mean, that, that, that shouldn't have been enough to beat him. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it felt like there was even cracks in the commentary. Like they just thought, what the hell's going on with this? Because this guy's like, like we're seeing at the moment with his feud with the Dudleys and everything. He's, he takes some absolute beatings. This is well, whole we'll thing with on, yeah, we'll come on to that in just a second. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's it. It, it's very much a thing of, um, uh, you know, he's been this this absolute monster of a of a a, a face, a monster of this competitor, and can take these lickings and keep coming and all the rest of it. And then, yeah, just gets beaten with his with his tights. And it feels really weird because if you're going to have in this show one of the ECW faithful, one of the ECW originals lose and put over the new guy and one win and, you know, the new guy doesn't really kind of push on much, it feels drastically the wrong way around. Well, going back to what we said earlier on in the Matt Stryker match, and I guess that's where you're coming from, if Matt yeah. Strike had beaten Bowles because he cheated behind the ref's back and grabbed his tights to get the pin, with the striker's rules and everything else, just how perfect would that have been for, like, his character? It, it just would have been the perfect scenario, no? Yeah. This guy who's like, I don't want any and of this that's cheating. It. I've got a strict set of rules. And you win by cheating behind the ref's back. That's... That's absolutely ideal, in my opinion. Hill 101. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like we said, instead we get um, this. So, Dreamer then proceeds to chase him up the runway, which I thought was like, okay. And then he came straight back out with 
Carly beating him up, lifting him straight up in, I don't know, I want to call it the Carly bomb. Yeah. No idea what it's called. We'll go with that. He basically picks him up by his shoulders, um, drops him back first onto the steel ramp. And they then, the commentators then say, um, this is like the worst they've ever seen Dreamer. So Dreamer's initial reaction when he's laid out and, you know, he's, there's such concern about him taking this huge slamming bump onto the, um, the steel. There's such concern that one guy comes out and basically just kind of spoons him for a little while. Um, <laughs> We're just going to do this for a while. <laughs> We're not wrestling. We're just doing this. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember when that is. I just remember oh, that oh, oh, the fighter. Um, Matt Hughes <laughs> versus whoever. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Um, and basically, he's kind of sitting there going, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. And then gets up and, and salutes the crowd before walking off. And it was the most Tommy Dreamer thing of just like, yep, yep, that's, that's exactly how he was when he sold getting smashed through three tables off the, the Eagle's Nest by primetime Brian Lee and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. You know, just, just like straight away, like, and I'm up. I mean, again, if this was the story where the angle was basically like Heyman was bringing in all this new talent and the old talent was hanging around and the old talent kept getting, you know, quote unquote injured and Heyman was just like, you guys, you can't do this anymore. The pace has been too much. It's too much. This new breed. Joey kind of, that was like the story, but it wasn't. You just sort of just, Beating yeah. up all the um, all the art for no reason, and it was. It's just I, I don't understand why. And again, it's like the intro. It, where straight away they're like, "Oh, we've seen him take some bumps, but this could be the worst thing he's ever taken." I'm thinking, yeah. what, what about all the the cane shots from the Sandman? What about like you said, you know, the the thing off the um, Eagle's Nest? I mean, there's been some horrific yeah. beatings. You know, a flaming yeah, I mean, table by the Dudley boys like a year before. <laughs> well, yeah. Your last one night stand. There's like loads of things he did was sort of what I thought was worse than this. Your own commentator hit him in the balls and had to have his testicles drained with a needle. Yes. That's really true. Have we forgotten that? <laughs> we had. But no, you're uh, <laughs> you're right. How could you forget when they made they they replayed that sound he made like a million times? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, good good shit. Uh, Speaking uh, of good shit, what's the next match? Yeah, so basically he got up. We then we didn't have a match. We had Heyman walking around looking for Hardcore Holly, and he offered him the spot, and he liked it. Um, yes. Now, later on, they have to kind of explain away while why Hardcore Holly, who is not scheduled to be on this card, is A, in the arena, B, in the dressing room, and C, dressed to wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. It's almost as if he knew he would have to do something. 
I mean, again, he could have just came in and he could have just almost just said, you know, talking like it already happened and we hadn't seen the conversation. And everyone would be like, what the hell? When did he let him know he could be in it? Do you know what I mean? It could have been like a... Or just him not being... His outfit and had jeans on. Or, 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 or just turn up. You know, the sixth competitor is a shock and it's it's hardcore holly and everyone boos. Yeah, everyone lost their heads. <sighs> yeah, so uh, Holly's in. We, uh, we then got Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly versus Kevin Fawn and Ariel. Kelly wishes Punk good luck in the chamber before the match. Now, this is because Kelly Kelly is an exhibitionist who's the girlfriend of Mike Knox, but is secretly, not so secretly, in love with CM Punk. Uh, so um, has been, has been uh, trying to get CM Punk's attention, which, if I remember my ECW... Uh, promos and i do led to cm punk being confronted by uh mike knox about this and his baby face rebuttal is hey it's not my fault if your dog jumps in my yard <laughs> check it out people word for word the promo i love cm punk i think he does some amazing promos fair to say i wasn't a fan of that one <laughs> oh <laughs> I paid okay. far too much attention to WWE ECW. You really did. Like you did <sighs> conversation itself one day. Um we'll get there. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> That's me and Griff then. <laughs> you'll love it. We'll probably put it over. But um ever a week. Yeah. Um <laughs> So this match basically it happens. Mike Knox leaves Kelly Kelly. Ariel gets the pin. Um, Ariel keeps beating there, down. There was there was a couple of bits here that were pure old school ECW. So I, I quite enjoyed them because they were pure old school ECW. So you know the 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 random tag match is very ECW. The um uh the um. Um, the, the, the women cat fight stuff again, very ECW. Ariel's outfit, very ECW. You know, it's 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 wrestlery, except you can see pretty much her entire ass. Very ECW. Um, so there was a certain homage to this that there hadn't been in a lot of the other ones, and and I appreciated that. That's probably all the nice stuff I can say about this. Kevin Thorne was an interesting character. It was. I mean, this and is, Ariel, Ariel seemed to work hard. This is like um, the second crack, because he was uh, Mordecai, wasn't he, I think? He was. And they sort of brought him back as this. And I feel like in another time, even on the main roster, they could have gone away for this to be all right. Because I think originally, when they pushed him for being a tag team with Gangrel or something, it just didn't happen. Yeah. That was the rumour. Yeah. That's true it was, but yeah. I remember hearing that a lot. And, um, yeah, so that could have been a thing. Um, but yeah, so Knox leaves. Kelly loses. Um, they continue to beat down. Sandman's generic music hits. Right, so this is the thing. So Kelly Kelly has been beaten up because she has been dumped, basically, by her boyfriend. Yeah. Who... Um, 
seems to have an issue with her being an exhibitionist. However, I would suggest that she was an exhibitionist before they got together. Maybe even why they got together, who knows? Um, but yeah, so he's 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 dumped her. Um, she uh, has been dumped because she's publicly flirting with CM Punk, jumping into his yard, if you will. Um, so what then happens is she is being beaten down by the two heels. They are mercilessly beating her and the crowd are chanting for someone to come and save. Who could it be? Who will save the day? It's, oh, wait, it's not CM Punk. Because why would it be? I mean, yes, it's, it's his angle. He's the reason why it's happening. He's the face they're trying to build. He could quite easily come out and do that and then go away and get ready in the match because all he needs to do is hit the ring and they run off. Um, doesn't even have to have much interaction with Kelly Kelly. He just needs to help her out. Yeah. Um, but no, it's the Sandman. And it's, it's this weird kind of unearned Sandman moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... It's it's kind of weird because at this point when the Sandman was coming out, I just kind of sat there and thought, "Oh God, please no! Like he's he's just going to get laid out in seconds." <laughs> but do you know what I mean? No, though? this isn't this isn't nineteen ninety eight Sandman. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Though there was this, there was oh, even they put Sandman in reverse. Um, <laughs> the one person who did get laid out all the time, they put him over. But no, yeah. But do you know what I mean, though? There was a whole, like, why Why is this happening? You clearly have got no idea what to do with the Sandman because you just bring him out in the crowd. I remember that's how he beat the zombie up, wasn't he? He just came through the crowd and yep. did the same thing. So, that was the opening segment of the opening show. So, um, yeah, he came out. and He actually got quite a few decent cane shots in and, I, and it wasn't awful. It just made no sense. But it was kind of just he beat the crap out of him and then went off. So yeah, wasn't wasn't horrible. It just was yeah. confusing, but it was a very sort of Sandman-y thing, I guess. So that happened. We then got Heyman cutting a promo. Um, just felt a very uninspired promo, if I'm honest. It, it just felt like yeah. words. It didn't feel like anything he actually believed. It just felt like he's just you know, going through the paces at this point. And I think that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's, um, like basically from, I mean, again, it's not a knock on him as such. It's just from watching his promos through any event through the original ECW, he could literally tell you that, you know, someone's going to be cleaning the toilets during intermission and he would make it seem like this event that everyone wants to be a part of because he's so passionate about saying if he wants to be. And this was very much just like, oh, the elimination chamber, smattening. And you just think, okay. Uh, the only thing I liked about his promo was, um, you know, his, his, you know, what sick devious mind would come up with such a thing. Uh, it will outlive me when I'm gone. Um, the, the Hulkamania dies with Hulk Hogan. The woos die with Ric Flair. And it comes in again, well, no, Charlotte Flair's going to keep them going for a little while, it seems. Um, but yeah, him kind of taking credit for the, the, the Elimination Chamber when it was in before him. Well, his storyline world is actually Eric Bischoff's idea, isn't it? 
yeah. which is kind of, you know, funny as WCW somewhat stole talent and things from Most ECW. Things. So for then yeah. this to be stealing from Eric Bischoff storyline wise was, um, I thought an interesting sort of twist. A little twist. Yeah. Um, so we then got elimination. I would, I would have to agree. We've got Imlay, Elimination Chamber. Big Show came out first, followed by CM Punk, followed by Test, followed by Lashley. And then our first two were Hardcore Holly and RVD. Wow, what an uninspiring fucking lineup this is. <laughs> I mean, um, my highlights in this was I was excited to see Punk and RVD. Obviously, I knew going into it that Lashley won. Wasn't a surprise. Everyone knew the results. It was many moons ago. Jane, but I didn't realise how badly Punk was treated. Yeah. I mean, why why even put him in this match to do this to him? No no good sort of came from this, I don't feel, with him. No, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you. He um he gets uh, you know, so he's the first out of the, the chambers. He gets run at and basically then just spends the rest of the time getting made look like an idiot, including by Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Um, when, in a very weird kind of way. When they already sort of had this, not alliance, but I guess sort of baby face respect thing because they're both looking out for Sabu out the back. Yeah. And they've already built the story that, you know, the, the three heels in this match are in collusion. They're working together. Um, so you would think that there was some sort of camaraderie. Um, it just it just felt like, from a heel baby face standpoint, the disrespect shown to RVD and CM Punk is just no threat whatsoever. Lashley's the only real threat. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. Have you seen um yeah. changed it quickly about some of the people in this? Have you seen Sabu in his autobiography? In his he's famously got in like the last bit fuck yous to people instead of shout outs. I see. Yeah, it's um it's a thing that's popping around on Twitter at the moment and um, he's got a fuck you to test. He's like, I know you're no longer with me, but um I fucking gave you everything. You didn't sell anything for me, so fuck you. <laughs> it's just a it's quite um, funny yeah I'll try and hunt it out and retweet it on um, underscore sports arena on, on Twitter because it's quite funny um, his little fuck yous to everyone but um, yeah that being said like yeah this, this match Punk was made to look stupid RVD I know tested a cool elbow from the top but it just felt like why why is RVD sort of done like that again I, I felt like the story here would have been Lashley eliminated, Punk eliminated, RVD, the ECW original, trying to take on three heels, manages to eliminate one or something, nearly eliminates two, but gets outnumbered and loses, or maybe eliminates two and loses on the third. Or yeah, you'd think you'd think they'd play something like the, you know that kind of odds against your kind of card, but it, they just. Yeah, beat him clean, and it's all—it's all designed for superhero Lashley, um, which just didn't send the crowd 
in any way, shape, or form happy. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it did. I don't think it. Um, yeah, not not even slightly. And I, I get it. I don't think it it wouldn't. It just. I mean, it's weird. Lashley's always had this weird thing where his best stuff seems to be obviously when MVPs like a Mike Pete for him. It was in yeah, was an impact. It is now for WWE. He's he's got the look. He's sort of legit because he's actually got a pretty decent MMA records. Yeah, but there's just something about him that just his character doesn't ever really come across as like a megastar. I mean, he's been given like, and this just felt like sort of one of those where I don't he he came in, he cleaned house, he broke out the chamber, he eliminated sort of the last sort of heels, and it should have been a thing, but for some reason it just didn't. It just didn't come across. The, the crowd didn't come across like this, or anything. It was it was very bizarre. Yeah, um, it was. It, uh, and just, I mean, just the whole show was. It, it it was a very odd setup throughout. It was a very. I mean, so Lashley won, won the title, end the show. But it was very lacklustre, sort of confusing show. Like we said, like Dreamer, like we said, should have won. Dreamer. And then got taken out by Carly afterwards if you wanted to do that. Like yep. Almost like hit, yep. he could have picked up a cane, hit Carly like a couple of times and had no effect on him whatsoever. And it had this weird sort of monster. I mean, it could have worked. But just to lose by a roll-up for no reason and then get squashed again for no reason, it was all a bit like, okay. Um, again, I felt like Striker could have gone over balls and it could have led to something a bit more of a, a dick character. But, yeah, that was weird. Hardy Boys match was just there to try and get a buy rate, I think. It served no real purpose apart from, hey, if you like the Hardys, this is happening, which is why it was sort of thrown out first, trying to get the crowd going. The crowd didn't seem into it at all. The fan base was there. It was like your parents there with their kids and it sort of made no sense. It just like, I mean, it, it did suck. There's no denying about it. But it, the more... It was confusion as well as sort of the disrespect that was what I found so overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it, it just was... Yeah, just... just I, I, don't, I don't quite get what they were aiming for with it. No, I said it, it, it just felt very much like they didn't care before it even happened. It just, it literally just felt like that. I mean, the way people were treated, like I said, the match results, all of it, uh, the chamber itself. I mean, I, I guess it's, it's hard, but I just, if you're going to put an uppercomer like CM Punk in there that clearly had a little bit about him, I, I just don't know why you treat him like that because you just literally killed him where he stood. Mm-hmm. He just got put straight back in his box and almost just told to shut up. He did absolutely. Um, you know, that's that's what you get for being over, kid. 
Yeah, it felt like it didn't even like get out and you know get to hit like moves and combo everyone and eventually run into like a punch from the big show or whatever and get stopped. It just came out and did nothing. Now the rumor was that um, uh, this was in essence a bit of a kickback from um, uh, Paul Heyman being very, very forcefully pro CM Punk. Yeah. So CM Punk basically he wanted CM Punk basically to tap everyone out within you know five minutes of them coming out of the what chamber. The, 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 the chamber um, and then eventually tap out the big show to the Anaconda device. And you can see why they wouldn't want to go with that either. But yeah, just a very strange kind of setup. I mean, you, you don't really make anyone from this. Lashley has already been Lashley for quite a while here. Big show was big show for quite a while here. Um, to the point where, you know, they said about someone ch- said about, you know, Big Show winning and being the champion, and someone from the crowd shouted, and then he retires next year. Yeah. Um, because everyone knew he kind of had his eyes on other things and whatever else. So it was a very weird kind of setup throughout. Um, but yeah, it just, it was just a very weird book. It was just, it, none of what they did seemed to be the sensible thing to do. Yeah, it just, um, it's just, it, I said, ignoring the whole, like I said, it, it shit aspect, it's just so confusing because from a booking aspect, I didn't, I didn't know where anything, nothing made sense. Going. Yeah, nothing made sense. No. I felt like, like multiples, like the the only sort of one that sort of did it was Mox leaving um, Kelly Kelly. I felt like that felt like something yep. that would happen. But um, even that, the fact that CM Punk didn't come out and save her. Yes. It's just like whether the story was going to be or anything, it was just that everything was leading for that moment, it felt. And if you're yeah. never going to do that, then why, why, why you do that? that? And I, I think in the end, I think, didn't she get paired up with Balls Mahoney? Yeah, I think so. And he sort of fought yeah. for her honor and all this. And that's the thing. It's, it's kind of, it's not the feud you had in mind for CM Punk. No. So why is CM Punk the guy? Yeah, it, it's just, it, it just felt so weird. To, to push her in this position to sort of cheer for this guy that was just never going to happen. Just didn't care. Right. And then... And it's not even, you know, that kind of like, you know... If you were aiming for kind of the hand Solo, I love you, I know kind of aloofness, then you fucking missed. Well, cause just throw out straight disrespect. It was complete like like fuck it kind of thing it was just um yeah very 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 strange yeah. didn't didn't understand whatsoever um I, I guess we touched on it if you had to pick a match of the night or a match to watch what would you pick i i 
for me, it's the Eminem Hardy's yeah. match is the match yeah, to, to, be. to go to. Yes, yeah, that's easy. The match of the week, I think. Um, yeah, no real competition. To be honest with you, I I, I didn't mind the. Um, Turkey and Burke versus FBI as matches go. Um, I just felt like it never got going. It wasn't that, awful. And I, I got excited because I felt like it was two characters that in another world or another time I could have actually given a shit about. You know, sort of Burke and Sky. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In another universe, I feel like I would, I would have actually got behind them if it was like NXT or something. There's something that I felt like I could have. But, um, yeah, I mean it's a it, it's it's a squash match in essence. It's it, not the worst match in the world, but it, yeah, it's a squash squash match. Yeah, and again, it just didn't, it didn't make any sense to sort of sort of treat FBI in a squash match on a pay per view. You know, when we could have they could have had a really sort of fast paced, decent match to highlight FBI and get them involved because you're sort of building a tag team division that doesn't even exist because they didn't have a tag team belt. It's all yeah. meaningless. But, um, yeah, we've done it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, how did you feel about December to Dismember? Um, it, it, it's kind of hard. As, as a WWE pay-per-view, I, I felt it was just like a bad WWE pay-per-view which is a more of a common thing like nowadays. So it wasn't jumping that out of place. Yeah, unfortunately. As an ECW Resurrection brand pay-per-view, it it just was fucking awful because it didn't didn't tick anything that ECW was. Like like I was saying, it just just (laughs) felt like a bunch of people who had never seen ECW trying to guess what ECW was and thinking, okay. But like I said, the crowd was too big. The crowd shouldn't have been lit. The um, entrances were shot too wide when they should have been filmed up close, like ECW entrances was. Um, The pay-per-view, the promos just seemed so polished when it should have just been filmed on like stairs or something. They just didn't do anything... They basically didn't show any respect whatsoever to ECW. It was just, a, it was a massive, like I said, I, I took the first thing and they said, this is the most brutal match that any of these people have ever been in. I just, from that point on, it just, for me, I just thought this is just a massive fuck you. And it just, it just felt like that. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that's absolutely fair. It's, um, it's it's kind of the bastard child of, and it doesn't do anything and, really useful. Or and, and I feel like where people got so offended from it was um, with one night stands. They they clearly did fucking get it. They they clearly did know how yes. to do this. So this was just pure arrogance or ignorance or however you want to spin it. I mean, it was just complete fuck you because they didn't care at this point. But One Night Stand, they proved that yeah. they did know enough about it all to get it right, to make it so it really came across, you had that vibe, and you think, oh, my God, this actually fucking feels like it. They they had it, they knew it, but they just didn't care. And I think that was why 
it's more insulting than sort of shit, even though it's shit. It's just the insulting thing that does it. The fact you'd sell it as an ECW pay-per-view when it's, it's not, just not. Didn't, didn't tick any ECW boxes. So, uh, I, yeah, absolutely fair. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to? I, uh, just to um, admit that this is my second year in a row that I've watched <laughs> uh, December to December. Um, we talked about doing it for Christmas last yeah. year, and I watched it, and then we didn't. Is, is it going to be? And I sulked a little bit, and now you can see what. Is it going to be up there with National Lampoon as a festive tradition? I, do you know what? I'm scared that if I don't December to dismember, it might be a regret I never forget. <laughs> um, but I'm willing to take the chance. It's worth a gamble for this one. Uh, just, just to put it into context, 1995 had Sandman versus Mikey Whipwreck versus Steve Austin, and that wasn't even the main event. Wow. Yeah. Um, but on a positive note from one of the shittiest quote-unquote ECW shows ever to probably one of the best pay-per-views, if not the best pay-per-view um, in their histories. We do Heat Wave 1998 next week, which features an absolutely stacked card of Taz versus Bam Bam, um, New Jack versus Jack Victory for the first time ever. Um all weapons Dungeon illegal. Boys, uh, Devon, Bubba Ray, and Big Dick versus um, Spike, Dreamer, and Sam and avenging the, the breaking neck of Euler in a Dudley street fight. Um, and, of course, RVD and Sabu versus um, Hayabusa and uh, I want to say Hikushi, but that's not his name. But... Um, <clears throat> it is um, it? in WWE it was not in F- Jin Jin Suzuki yeah. is it yeah. uh, I apologise Mike Olsen versus Masato Tanaka uh, I think is it Justin Kubo versus Jerry Lynn again potentially I mean Chris probably Bido versus yeah Lance I think so I mean it's a stacked 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 card so if you listen to this and you haven't followed what we normally do we're basically watching ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401. We check out every pay-per-view and special in between reliving the revolution, the whole journey. And it's taken us to 1998 where we're at this show. We're taking a little break week to review this because um, we thought it'd be funny and jokes on us. And if this is your introduction, if this is the one you've chosen, then quite frankly, that says more about you than it does <laughs> us. That's on you. But, um, yeah, next week is going to be an amazing show. Uh, we'll be throwing it up on our social media like we did this. If you go to at underscore sports arena, you can say what you thought about the pay-per-view. I mean, it should be night and day, really, from this one. Um, I mean, we had great comments like, show like this make me temporarily embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Absolute shit. Um, despair. Shit. Um loads of faces um 
shit emojis. I mean, there, there was a there was a common my theme. Someone else said the punk should have. See, someone said the punk should have won. That's the one thing they took from this event. They remember just sitting there thinking punk should have won. I mean, we we don't disagree. Yeah. So yeah, underscore sports arena for loader extreme chatter. People using hashtag ECW. We're probably going to like and retweet it because we're always searching and get involved and love to see the the revolution and ECW still living on in these days. And um, yeah, I think apart from that, thank you very much. Happy New Year. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>